So without further ado, I'd like to congratulate one of our winners this year. The second runner-up of the Hong Kong English Poetry Competition is Akin Jeje. Congratulations to you, Akin. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. It's so lovely to, to chat with you. And of course, you're no stranger to the 123 show. And for our listeners tuning in, you're definitely no stranger to the poetry scene. Um, a renowned poet right here uh, in Hong Kong. Uh, so maybe uh, for some of our listeners who are not so familiar with you and your work, tell us a bit about yourself and how did you get into poetry? Well, my name's Zach and JJ, as you might have surmised. Um, I've been, I'm a Canadian. Uh, who's been here for 16 years and i'm a teacher by trade but i've been a poet for a very very long time i mean i've been an avid reader ever since i was a small child but i got into poetry funny enough through music because i was one of that hip-hop generation that grew up you know hearing lyrics hearing rhymes and then i put together you know what i read with what i heard and started formulating lyrics and rhymes of my own. And I started seriously when I was 18, and I've just kept on going. Wow. That's amazing. Yes, and, and I've seen you perform on the stage before. You, you are a wonderful performer. When you write your poem, you think about the elements on the stage as well. I'm sure I've asked you this before. You think about how it's sort of presented to the audience, how it sounds to the audience, or sort of just how it looks on the page. Well, I mean, you know, this is a, a perennial sort of debate amongst poets, you know, which has more resonance, you know, the written word or the spoken word. But I really do believe that, there, you know, ideally there should be a synthesis between the two to really bring it to life. Because after all, you, you know, it's a, it should be a symbiotic process by which, you know, one can fully express oneself you know, through verse, where even you know, ordinary people who may not necessarily be you know, versed in poetry can feel what you're saying, can understand what you're saying, can empathize with what you're saying. They you know, agree or disagree. Because poetry shouldn't be a thing of the academy, but a thing of people yeah. in general. Beautifully put. And it's true because you can, you know, create a, a, a poem and it may not be you necessarily performing it. it. It could be somebody else picking it up and, and reading it and they've got to sort of yes. interpret it um, and, and perform it uh, their own way. Um, how's the last couple of years been for you and how did you use that time? Uh, I've spoken to a lot of creative people, um, short story writers, poets, and they've... They, Often they say that they've used that time during the pandemic to sort of channel their creativity. Did, did you find that uh, for, for yourself? I found that um, both individually and sort of as part of a, a collective. Because even though, you know, throughout these last two years, we couldn't have that many, you know, live performances. Yeah. We gatherings because of COVID restrictions and before that because of the disturbances. We, you know, we moved online. There's a group called Kongpo Raimo, and they take a page from um, some of the other Po Raimo groups where they challenge each other over a month to produce work. So in Kongpo Raimo's um, uh, um, situation, what we did was it was a challenge 
based on prompts given by a couple of our um, leaders to produce a poem every day for 30 days. Every day? And I day. found that wow. <laughs> every day. Now, in all fairness, this was quite voluntary. And many people, you know, that was a little bit difficult because life does get in the way. For me, you know, not even being able to go to work or not even being able to go to gatherings, I challenged a lot my, of my energy into writing that poem a day. And I managed to do it. You know, a few of us did. And the work that we produced was excellent, you know. I thought, you know, and we've done it for the last two years, and it is really a very rich creative process where a number of us are producing, you know, diverse, uh, you know, takes on the same themes. And I think, you know, it just contributed to a richness and sort of... Uh, What's the word I'm searching for here? For once, I'm at a lot of words, you know, can believe that. Like the rest of us, really. You know, relatability, I believe, yeah. you know, relatability of, you know, the work. And it really became sort of a Hong Kong poets in English, you know, endeavor, uh, you know, that broadened, you know, broadened the scene here, really broadened our horizons here. That's, uh, that sounds so fascinating. I, I can't imagine sort of producing a poem a day and, and just sort of getting that inspiration. Um, was it a set theme? So everybody had the same theme and just people interpret it differently? It was, you know, it's hard to say it's a set theme. It's, it's a general theme, but, you know, the potential for interpretation is quite vast. You know, you could go anywhere with it. And that was part of the beauty of it. That, you know, uh, you know, with a couple of added challenges, let's say, that you had to name, let's say, um, a site in Hong Kong, or you had to, you know, um, use certain numbers, oh, and so yeah. on and so forth. And so people rose to the challenge and people became quite inventive and creative with what they came up with. And you could see people coming from diverse, you know, academic, scholastic and creative backgrounds to sort of introduce concepts and themes that, you know, many of us wouldn't have thought of. Right. And this is part of the beauty, you know, of having, you know, uh, it as a collective so that you really do this work as a, you know, in a sense, as a group, in a sense, as individuals, but most importantly, as a community. Yeah. Speaking of theme, the theme for our uh, competition this year was white. Um, and you wrote mm -hmm. a great poem for it. What was your interpretation? Before we get to your poem, uh, what was your interpretation of, of, of this theme? I mean, did it take you in sort of different directions? Did you have to sit down for a while to think how you were going to interpret it? Funny enough, you know, it just came to me. But I mean, it's a, it's a, it was a multi-layered response to a seemingly simple theme. First, I thought about, you know, the um, scientific uh, phenomena of how uh, you know, light refracts and reflects. And white light is the only one that, you know, will reject everything. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and then from there, I reflected on, you know, the notion of white supremacy. Mm -hmm. But then from there, I reflected on a notion of, you know, 
let's say, the conquerors whitewashing history. And then from there, I went to challenge the notion, I mean, the title of the poem is Tabular Erased. So challenging the notion of the tabula rasa, that, you know, there's a blank slate, whether it be, you know, a child learning, you know, his or her or their society, or, you know, maybe a, a new land being colonized, but there is a previous narrative there, right? And then, you know, from there, looking at the effects of erasure and challenging this notion that, for example, in children, there's no pre-existing knowledge, I would disagree. And in the same way, to extrapolate, challenging this, this notion that there is no uh, pre-existing identity in, let's say, a given culture. And then, you know, challenging again that, you know, says that this tabula rasa notion is actually an erasure notion where you cover up what had been to something else. But we know that no matter what has been said, that, oh, yes, this is a tabula rasa, this was a blank slate, this was clean, there was nothing pre-existing, there always was, and the tension between what we're told and what actually is. So in that sense, it's quite multi-layered and complex. Very philosophical. I'm sure listeners would really love to hear um, your winning piece, Tabula Erased. I know you have it in front of you, Akin. Whenever you're ready, we'd love to hear you read it. Sure. I can proceed right away. And here it is, Tabula Erased. It is the color that deflects, the color that rejects as it reflects on all others. Great North, Deep South, Wild West, almost all directions, eyes burn snow blind from its cold efficacy, the, its contradictory supremacy. Cotton's purity, death's finality, absence on a pristine woven sheet, effacing previous life beneath. Its canvas was never blank, but bleached. But this is not what they teach. Its terror is a march of innocence, intent to prove what has been preached. One for all, each to each. But this is not what they teach. The surface, the slate was never blank, but has been scoured, erased, what had been replaced. A tabulation based on negation, washed and defaced, has not the freshness of clear space. Never a spotless virgin tabula, but a tabula erased. Polished, burnished, bleached. But this is not what they teach. Wow, Akin. You know, reading the poem and hearing you read it to us is totally a different experience. Just the words just jump out at you. Did you have a 
um, fun time. I don't know if that's the right word. Sort of uh, finding the words that rhyme and just sort of, um, I mean, part of the challenges is is finding vocabulary that goes with it, that tells the meaning, but also has that rhyme, which I think the majority of us have great difficulty with. I mean, how do you sort of do it? I mean, there are times, I mean, I have different processes. This one pretty well came to me in the space of five minutes. And I mean, all the uh, verbs that pertain to, you know, cleaning or whitening they just you know, they were just right there i mean i had a, uh, the help of the online thesaurus i mean even seasoned poets like us do need uh, alternate synonyms you know but sometimes these poems just come forth you you have a complete concept of it there are other times where you write that scrap of verse you write that singular stanza and then you come back to it later and then you tease it in your mind you you know because you have to tease it conceptually as well as you know in terms of its vocabulary and it has to be not necessarily a, a whole piece all at once but you do have to have the general thread you know of, of the idea as complete as the verse that you basically couch it in yeah. What would you say is the biggest frustration that you've faced? I mean, it doesn't have to be with this particular poem, but, you know, in writing poetry, even a seasoned poet like 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 yourself, um, where does the biggest frustration come from? Is it sort of revising things that you've written before or, or finding the right words? Or um, where where is the frustration? I think, you know, it's less difficult to do the revision or the editing than to come up or engage ably with a concept or concepts in the first place, especially if you're not familiar with that concept or maybe, you know, you're doing an observational piece and you're not sure what you observed. You're not sure what you've seen. You're not sure if you could empathize or at least understand, you know, what it is that you witnessed. So I think it's in the beginning stages where it's more difficult, where you're trying to engage with um, a topic and also you're trying to engage with it meaningfully. But sometimes it doesn't quite come together. Well, finally, um, I, I want to, uh, you know, as as a seasoned poet, I mean, that there, there are some uh, poets listening or, or or poets, people who are just starting out with their writing journey. Um, what's your mm-hmm. sort of uh, advice to them? I mean, I, I know keep writing is is definitely one of them, but sometimes it's hard to to stay creative or to find inspirations. I mean, what what would you tell them? I mean, besides you know the keep writing and keep reading, you know, various works. I would encourage, you know, those poets to find community. Now, this community could be live community. It could be online community. But find community of like-minded people, you know, know, short story writers, poets, you know, writers. Because it gives you an avenue to share ideas, to share techniques, to, you know, just share in general. And also you know, for people to let you know that you're not the only one by yourself, you know, at three in the morning scribbling something, you know, it's not a lonely, as lonely a um, 
I was going to use the word profession, but let's face facts, you know. <laughs> if, 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 we, if we tried that, we'd all be living at the bridges, you know. <laughs> but you're absolutely right. It can be quite a lonely Location experience. Little, yes. Yeah, I think yes. you're right. It can be quite lonely. And when you're sort of writing, and, and I suppose part of it is the fear of of people mm. maybe laughing or maybe not laughing that's mm. kind of juvenile but maybe not appreciating your work and you're putting yourself out there but you're saying it's just good to share and find a community very much so and you've got to look at it this way like every other endeavor every other human endeavor you know you have to step out on faith you have to give it a try you know you know, um, nothing ventured, nothing gained is the cliche, but it's very true. If people cannot hear your voice or people cannot see your work, how would you gauge, you know, whether you've done what you wanted or you strive to uh, to do or not? You have to step out there. Absolutely. And that way, you know, getting that feedback also feeds back into your work. Yeah. What's the feedback like in in the poetry uh, community here in Hong Kong? I mean, there are various uh, really supportive circles um, here in Hong Kong. Absolutely. I mean, there are a number of uh, groups, uh, you know, my own group, uh, Peel Street Poetry, um, the former Poetry Out Loud, which has been named Out Loud Hong Kong. You have the Hong Kong Writers Circle. You have the Kubrick Circle up in Yamate. And, you know, and these are just a few of the English language uh, poetry and writing circles. There's numerous um, other, uh, cir- you know, circles and groups that write in Canton, you know, write in Chinese, you know, perform in Cantonese, Putonghua, and other languages. There's Arabic Nadwa that uh, publishes in <laughs> Arabic. Oh wow! I so I mean, about there, that. There, yeah, there are a number of groups. There are a number of groups um, out and around. And the trick, and the good thing about social media, you know, if I can venture to say, you know, something good about social media, is that you can find them a little bit more easily than you could have in the past. Absolutely. You know, so you know, go online, take a look. Poetry Hong Kong, a number of groups, many, uh, many, uh, put their web uh, pages on Instagram or Facebook, etc. So you know, go out, search them. You know, ask questions, send messages, you know. Our poets are very welcoming, you know, and want more people to come, you know, and share. Absolutely. Well, Akin Jeje, congratulations once again. Thank you so much. Remind our listeners once again, how can we find out more about you and your work if people would like to read more of your poetry? Have you Are you on social media and, and have you got a, a website? Um, I don't have a separate website as such, but... If you type Akin JJ, most of it will pertain to my poetry. And also, you know, check out Peel Street Poetry where I'm at regularly. And, you know, on top of it, the Hong Kong International uh, Literary Festival is coming up. And we, you know, Peel Street Poetry has at least one event, and that's on the 10th of November. We have a poetry slam. So if you're interested, check out the Peel Street Poetry Facebook page. And if you would like to sign up and give it a try, it's free to sign up, free to try. Come on down. Excellent. Well, congratulations once again, Akin. Lovely to catch up with you. you. Thank you so much. Have a great weekend. Okay. Great to talk to you, Noreen. Thank you.